What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Spoiler Reels. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to Spoiler Reels. I'm your host. My name, Angel. Today, we have a fairly, pretty much brand new film that just recently came out last Friday as of this recording, which is on Tuesday. And as you guys have seen the title of the movie I'll be reviewing, um, as you guys already know, spoilers everywhere. I, I know it's a it's a brand new film, uh, so if you guys don't want nothing spoiled, uh, make sure you just pause this episode, watch the film first, and then come back and check out my episode and see if you agree or disagree with me uh, about this film here. And before we get started, guys, of course, you guys should know, just check out my uh, Instagram page, spoiler underscore reels. That's where I put all my content out there. It's where you can message me. Uh, all of that shit, basically, it's, it's all in the, in the Insta. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, spoilers. So uh, make sure you guys, if you guys are trying to watch this movie, pause this shit because I'm going to spoil basically everything. You know, all the kills, all the plot twists, all this other shit, you know, uh, in this episode. So, uh, you've been warned. Uh, with that being said, let's get started. And now we're pleased to bring our feature presentation. All right. Uh, the movie I'll be reviewing, as you guys already know, will be Jordan Peele's new film, his third installment, uh, which is called Nope. Exactly what it's called. N-O-P-E. Nope. And, um, I was actually pretty excited for this film. It wasn't like my anticipated, like I was like anticipating for this film or anything like that, but. I was excited to see it just because, you know, Jordan Peele has done some great movies, obviously. I mean, obviously, he's only done three, but uh, his first film, Get Out, was great. Uh, his second film, Us, uh, is also good as well. I, I, I still think Get Out is probably his best work, but Us, to me, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. Uh, I, I've seen it a few times already. And then he comes with this, this film here uh, called Nope. And uh, let me uh, get up to the uh, Google here. So, uh, as I mentioned, just recently came out. It came out on July 22nd, 2022. This was directed by Jordan Peele. This was distributed by Universal Pictures. And this starts uh, Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, Stephen Young. I might have butchered that. I'm sorry, man. Uh, Brendan Perea as Angel Torres. And Michael Wincott as Antler's hot host. Yeah. So those are basically like your main heavy hitters of the of the film here. Uh, those are like really the only characters you really get to see here outside of the you know background characters. But these are the main main characters of the film. And IMDb gave it a 7.6 out of 10, 83% out of Rotten Tomatoes. As you guys already know, I'll give you guys my rating at the end of the of the review. Uh, this is basically two siblings who run in, who run a California horse uh, ranch discovers something wonderful and sinister in the skies above, while the owner of an adjacent 
adjacent theme park tries to profit from the mysterious otherworldly phenomenon. Uh, now let's get to Wikipedia. You know what? I didn't even check to see if they even have the plot yet. Uh, nope is a 22 American science fiction horror film written, directed, and co-produced by Jordan Peele. And the guy's really busy nowadays under his Monkey Paw Productions banner. It stars Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Young, Brandon Perea, Michael Wincott, Brent Schmidt, and Keith David. In the film, two ranch owners, I, I pretty much mentioned that. Peele officially announced his then untitled third directional film in November 2019. Palmer and Kaluuya joined in February 2020, with Young, with Young being cast the next month, and Peele revealed the title in July 2021. Filming took place during fall 2021 in northern uh, Los Angeles County, wrapping in late November. The film pre premiered at the TCL Chinese Theater in Los Angeles in, on July 18, 2022, and was released in the U.S. July 22nd by Universal Pictures. It received positive reviews from critics for its originality, ambition, performances, and Bill's direction. Let's get to... Oh, it does have the plot. Nice. Uh, let's see. Let's see if the budget. So the budget right now, the I mean, the budget this movie was made for was sixty-eight million. As of right now, today on Tuesday, the box office is at forty-nine point one million. I think by the time it runs its course uh, through the theater and everything like that, it's gonna. I think it'll make its 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 money back. I don't I don't I don't know if it'll you know break the bank or anything like that, but I think it's I think it'll for sure break even, if not at least maybe a few million dollars more from the looks of it. Because I mean, it came out on Friday, so it's had a whole weekend, and we're on Tuesday, and it's barely at forty nine point one, so it's barely breaking that fifty million. So they're still under 18 minutes. So, um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. I, I figured I figured it would have completely, you know, would have made way more than that, knowing the fact that Jordan Peele is directing this film. So, huh. All right. So, uh, as I mentioned, I was excited to see this film. I think Jordan Peele is a great director and whatnot. And... Uh, I was somewhat like, you know, excited for it. I was like, you know what? Jordan Peele's directing this. Why not? He wrote it, produced it. So, you know, he's all over the place for this movie. Um, and I think for the most part, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film. But I feel like he just kind of left us with so many questions unanswered in a way throughout the film. It's like, it's just kind of, as far as story-wise, it's kind of everywhere. Uh, you don't really get like this specific, uh, the specific story. Like we clearly follow these characters, the, 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 you know, the characters, the main characters of the film, but then you throw out all these other characters and then their backgrounds. And then all of a sudden we're like supposed to take it in, like take this, their stories to go with the story that, that, that you're showing us now. It just, it feels like it was kind of everywhere. But for the most part, it was interesting the way he introduced it, I, 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 if that makes sense. 
<laughs> I hope so. Uh, so I'll get more into detail, guys. I'm going to just kind of go down through, through the plot, kind of break down certain scenes here and there. And then after that, I'll just give you my final thoughts and what I thought about it and then my, my review at the end. Here. So let's get to it. Uh, uh, it starts off with a quote. It says, I will cast abominable filth upon you, make you vile, and make you a spectacle. This is uh, Nahum 3.6, the Bible verse which opens the film. In 1998, on the soundstage for the sitcom Gordy's Home, a chimpanzee animal actor attacks and maims three of its co-stars after being startled by the pop of a helium balloon. The show's youngest actor, Rick, Ricky Jupe, played by, uh, oh my goodness, played by, what's his name? Steven, Steven Young, Steven Young. He plays Ricky Jupe. Uh, Park hides under a table and is traumatized by the experience. Who the fuck wouldn't? The chimp finds Jupe and is unusually friendly to him before being shot dead by authorities. Well, they didn't really show that in the beginning of the film. They actually showed that, like, in the towards the end of the second act, heading into the third act, is where they, we finally, like, it, they just open up as far as, like, we see a dead body or bloody everywhere, and the chimp chimpanzee is basically completely bloodied and whatnot with the, with the party hat and, and everything like that, and it's just kind of looking around, and then it basically looks at us, basically... We are Ricky. We are Jew because he's looking at him. But we don't see that. We don't know that until later on in the film. It just goes from there and then it cuts to in the present day. So, um, but I mean, good thing we do spoilers here. So, yes, later on, the chimpanzee does see, does see Ricky hiding under the table. He does come up to him. And then we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later. Well, I guess we'll get it. Um, so the chimp basically sees him under the table, and uh, he wants to give the, the, the knuckle to knuckle. That's That was their main thing throughout their show, was their knuckle to knuckle. So technically, the chimp chimpanzee just kind of looks at him with all bloody, and then he just kind of brings his paw up and kind of tells him to dab him. And he, when Rick is about to, they shoot the chimpanzee, killing him dead. And he's got blood all over him, and of course, he's been traumatized ever since. So, but they didn't see, they didn't show that in the beginning. That was kind of a later on thing. Uh, so, in the present day, ranch owner Otis Haywood Sr. trains and handles horses for film and television productions. When Otis Sr. is killed by a nickel that fell in, inexplic inexplicably from the sky, his children, Otis O.J. Hay Haywood Jr. and Emerald M. Haywood inherit the ranch. O.J. tries to keep the business afloat and maintain his father's legacy, while M. seeks fame and fortune in Hollywood. The Haywoods claim that unnamed man in the famous The Horse in Motion Pictures was their ancestor. It was their great-great, another great-grandfather. <laughs> uh, and so it's they've been in the business ever since. So it's, it, it means a lot to O.J., uh, the, the ranch. You know, he wants to keep it afloat, obviously. He's trying to maintain it. The scene kind of opens up, like, I mean, it already opened up, unex like, unexpectedly weird with the chimpanzee scene and everything like that. But then we get the scene where Otis Haywood and uh, the, the senior and the junior, the way they kind of communicate, it seems like, like, OJ is very reserved. Like, we don't really, 
we don't really get him like to see him like very animated or excited throughout the film. There's only maybe a few scenes here and there, but he, for the most part, he holds back. And uh, I, at first, I thought it was like, do they not like each other? Are they in a, uh, uh, you know, do they have problems with each other or anything like that? I think later on, it kind of, they kind of bring it up a little bit more as far as how his father kind of pushed him to be this you know, to be just like him, to follow his footsteps, like, he forced him in a way, even though OJ seemed like he likes it, but, like, he hates the fact that he was forced by it, unlike M, his sister, who's more out in the open, more outspoken, more, you know, out there, and is trying to, trying to get away from that, that, that life, and try to get break into the Hollywood, and, of course, she's trying to do her best uh, throughout the film to kind of make it big, but then, of course, this happens and uh, all that flies out the window. And then of course the unexpectedly nickel, it hits and we just hear the, these noises uh, in the sky and a bunch of stuff fall, fall down, which is a bunch of nickels. Unfortunately it hits the senior through his, I think from his back of his head to his eye, uh, killing him unexpectedly. unexpectedly. I'm sure people have already seen it in the trailers where he falls off from the horse and then, of course, they see that that he has a scar on his eyes. That's where the nickel came out from. And um, even when that happened, OJ kind of just kind of like looks at him for a second, and then kind of runs towards him. And then it cuts to the scene where he, they're at 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 his uh, at the hospital, and he's just kind of staring at him like that. Like, you know, he's not crying. He's not really showing much emotion. He's just kind of reserved. He's just kind of looking at at his at his dad just laying there dead, and he doesn't really do much. There's no reaction. There's no emotion, and I think that was a, a bit of a problem for me throughout the film. I was like, well, what am I supposed to feel here? Like, if he doesn't care, should the viewer care? I, it just didn't really make sense to me. As far as his character approach, I, I just I didn't I didn't understand it. Uh, six months later, while filming a commercial with prominent cinematographer Antler's host, one of the horses reacts violently when the crew fails to respect its boundaries. The Haywoods are fired from the project, and the ranch's financial woes force OJ to sell horses to Jupe, who has moved nearby and set up a small theme park called Jupiter's Claim, where he exploits the story of the Gordy's home incident for profit, which is a bit crazy. Uh... Yeah, it was a bit crazy on that. M encourages OJ to sell the ranch to Jupe, feeling no connection to the business and recalling that their father broke his promise to teach her how to train her own horse. Uh, so, yeah, this scene, I don't understand. I, I guess that's how Hollywood is, but the, OJ was trying to explain to them, you need to respect the horse. The horse can react at any moment, almost. Basically kind of saying like the chimpanzee. Chimpanzee overreacted when they when they heard a, a balloon pop. It, unexpectedly, they burst out like this when something like you know something unexpectedly happens. And of course, they didn't respect the boundaries. They did any their thing anyways, and the horse reacted and almost basically you know kicked the hell out of one of the people in there. And of course, they got fired, even though they he told him not to do it. I was just like, okay, sure, all right, well. Technically, we're not supposed to really care for these characters at that around Hollywood, I guess. So we're just kind of like, all right, whatever. And then we have also this scene where, like, the one of the guys that just kind of puts this somewhat of a mirror thing, 
uh, in front of the horse, and the horse sees itself, and that's how he overreacted, and he kept telling them not to do it, but they did it, and ended up getting fired. So to keep the business afloat, he start uh, OJ starts selling horses to Jupe because Jupe has like this little uh, small theme park here, and he wants to you know he wants to get some horses. We don't know why at first until we find out later. And then, uh, of course, we get this also scene about M, how how his dad, she wanted to have a horse for herself, and the dad instead just fucking trained him and had OJ do it instead. And, of course, that's I think that's why you had this misconnection with M and her, and her father. Um, but OJ seemed to be with his father at all times while she wasn't. She was kind of outcast, and that's probably why she ended up leaving uh, the family business and seeking her own her own legacy. Uh, uh, the Haywoods notice that their electricity is fluctuating and that their horses are vanishing or violently reacting to an unknown presence. They discover an unidentified flying object that has been devouring their horses and spitting out in, inorganic matter, which caused Otis Otis's death. That's that's when we find out that the nickels and all that stuff when they fall down, that's when it hit them. The siblings decide to document evidence of the UFO's existence and recruit prized electronic employee Angel Torres to set up surveillance cameras. Electrical interference from the UFO and a, and a praying mantis on one of the cameras prevent them from getting the clear footage. But Angel notices a nearby cloud that never moves. They deduce that it is the UFO's hiding place. So I, I do like, I think from, I think my problem with this film because Angel, I, honestly, all the characters are likable. I, I, I think all the characters are likable. I have no problem with either one of them. I think they're 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 um, they're like perfectly like as far as like not too much of them in the camera, but enough to where we're like, oh yeah, he's there, like he's cool, don't worry about, like he's good and stuff. And uh, so all the characters are likable. I think the problem with this one too is that they all. I think Jordan Peele forces the the, the uh, comedy in this one a little too much, which I, I have no idea why, because the comedy in Get Out and the comedy on Us was like, it was subtle. It was subtle. Like, I actually, I, I found the humor good in those two movies. Here, I feel like, was forced in a way. And I, I, there are some few parts where I was like, that's pretty funny here and there. But for the most part, like, I was like, I don't know, that felt that felt pretty forced. I wonder if that was Jordan Peele's uh, idea or was it someone else's idea? But, you know, I, I don't know. E either way, when, when they, when you bring Angel Torres uh, into this, into the mix of the film, when they realize that they want to have cameras all around their houses to, you know, as they call it, the Oprah shot so that they can make money off of it. Uh, you know, telling them there's UFOs here and there. And so he, they hire uh, Angel Torres, who's in the Fies Electronics. He sets it up, and he realizes that they're trying to look for UFOs because he has, he has them. Uh, they have him uh, aim the cameras up in the sky, all of them. No, nowhere near in the ground or anything like that. All of them are hitting up in the sky, and that's when he realizes that they're trying to get a UFO, uh, a UFO shot. And so he all of a sudden just somehow. Uh, stays around with them. They eventually just kind of sticks around with them and, and, and join in on the fun, I guess. So, uh, yeah, but that, those scenes where you get, like, 
the ship or like the alien just kind of floating around the uh, around the sky like it's there but then it's not all of a sudden it's hiding through clouds here and there those shots are really really fucking good jordan Peele did a fucking awesome job doing as far as the intensity of it like it, it's intense because like as a viewer you're just kind of seeing this this fucking alien just flying around in the in the, in the clouds and it just it, he you know he Builds up the suspense, and, and when it comes to that, which I thought was really good on on his part right there, and so of course they want to, you know, they want to, uh, they want to make some money off of this, obviously, because they're, you know, they're in a financial woe, so they decided, you know, let's do this and make some money off of it, and of course, uh, uh, Jupe, who, he, it's crazy how he actually uses all that all that stuff that happened to him, the whole ch chimpanzee thing. It's crazy how he tries to profit out of that, even though there was deaths in there. And um, <laughs> instead, he's like, fuck it, I got to make I, I got to make a business here. But we do get certain scenes where he just kind of sits there and just kind of reminisces or remembers like he goes back to that memory of what how it all went down and everything like that and he just kind of stays there until his wife kind of you know snaps him out of it and everything like that but he it seems like it he definitely was traumatized because he just keeps thinking about it over and over uh but it's but still tries to make a profit out of it which is pretty crazy on his part there uh jupe introduces a live show in jupiter's claim called the star lasso experience Planning to use a horse as bait to lure out the UFO, which he has been feeding the Haywoods horses for months, uh, two, four months now, uh, in front of paying audience. So that's why we, that's why we realized how, why he wanted horses, is that he uses the UFO as an attraction, and that's why he moved his theme park there. Um, he by by like showing people like that he's you know that there, that there is a UFO and everything, and he's making money off. Uh, but instead of just devouring the horse, the UFO arrives and devours Jupe, his family, and the audience. OJ deduces that the UFO is not an alien spaceship, but a predatory terrestrial cryptid creature asserting dominance, and that it eats anything that looks directly at it. Utilizing similar methods to those used to break and train horses, OJ believes that they can influence the creature's behavior to get footage of it without being killed. After a second attempt at recording footage of the creature, now dubbed Jean Jacket by the Haywoods, from its cloud nest, the three decide to hire Hulse for assistance. Hulse initially refuses, but eventually reconsiders after hearing about the Star Lasso Experience disaster. To counteract Jean Jacket's effects on electronics, Hulse brings a hand-cranked IMAX film camera to capture footage. The three work out a plan using two men props to determine where the creature is in the sky. A trespassing TMZ reporter is thrown from his motorcycle because of the interference and consumed while begging OJ to film the event. Jesus. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that was just kind of like a jab at TMZ, how like, how like they don't care about themselves. They don't care what happens to themselves as long as, long as it gets recorded. I thought that was a pretty, like, jab at the TMZ people who are, like, fucking desperate for, like, the money shot, basically. And uh, and then we also, as I mentioned before, that uh, OJ, we never see him, like, get excited. But he got fucking excited when Holst brought a a handheld 
uh, 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 film camera, a, a hand crank film camera, and he got excited because he knows that's not an electronic, so he knows that won't shut down to get the money shot. And he got all excited, like kind of dabbing his sister out and everything. He gets all excited. So, like, he's got his burst here and there, but for the most part, he's very reserved throughout the film. And, uh, of course, uh, if you guys have seen the, uh, the trailers for it, for this film, the TMZ reporter is that guy with the, with the motorcycle and the clear helmet and everything like that. And he's telling him, like, yeah, I'm kind of wondering why all that stuff happened and all that. So I came over here, and then I realized that, you know, there could be money to be had. And he goes, drives all the way down near, near supposedly near the, the alien or whatever. And he completely, like, once the alien shut down his, his motorcycle, uh, he come, he goes out flying <laughs> Uh, into the ground, basically breaking some of the bones and everything like that. And you just hear this loud, like loud, like thump. And it, it was a pretty funny scene. I thought I, I chuckled at that scene right there as well. But when OJ felt bad and goes over there to try to help him out, the TMZ guy, just the reporter, he just came. He's like, no, 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 get my camera, get my camera, take the shot, take the shot. Like he didn't even care about himself. He cared about the fucking money shot, which is insane. And of course, OJ through the helmet, because it, uh, it, it's like a fucking mirror. He sees that the alien's right behind him. He's like, man, I'm sorry, bro. He gets on his horse. He books it and has the, the TMZ guy get fucking flown over there inside. Um, so uh, in the scene where, where uh, Jupe, the family, and the audience, uh, they get devoured, we actually get a crazy fucking scene of them inside the, the, the alien. And they're basically completely getting devoured. Like you hear that you hear it once the once the, the alien is kind of flying over OJ's head or Am's head, you hear the voices and the and the um and the screams from the people that he's been devouring throughout. And we get this scene where like he basically hovers all hovers their house and just spills nothing but blood all over their house and everything, which I thought it was a great fucking scene. Uh, great shot and everything like that too. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, this alien fucking means business, man. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, host is overcome by the sight of Jean Jack and allows himself to be devoured along with his camera, ruining the group's plan and forcing the remaining three to separate. After Angel survives an attack from Jean Jacket by wrapping himself in a barbed wire, revealing its true form as a being as a being resembling a biblical angel, OJ lures the creature away from M while she uses the motorcycle to travel to Jupiter's claim. There, M untethers the fair's large helium balloon mascot into Jean Jacket, which it begins feeding on due to the balloon's eyes. While M uses the analog camera in an attraction to photograph Jean Jacket before the helium in the balloon explodes, killing it. With the picture as proof of its existence, M sees OJ outside of the park, having survived his encounter with, with Jean Jacket, sitting on the on his horse in a manner resembling the horse in motion. And then the film's basically over. Uh, we get, like, the third act was actually pretty good. It was a very action-packed, you know, action-packed driven kind of uh, third act. Uh... Uh, OJ kind of made it, it, it the movie made it look like OJ was going to be was going to get killed by the alien we actually get to see the alien at its full at first throughout the movie we see him it, it looks like a it looks like a UFO 
uh, it looks like a UFO. But then at, at the third act, it kind of basically like expands, and it looks like this. It looks like one huge parachute, basically. Of course, we do see a little bit of the face, but it's a weird. It's a weird looking fucking alien. It's definitely a weird alien, and uh, but it looks like one huge parachute in a way. It's it's a crazy scene, but. Uh, we finally get like uh, uh, this scene where uh, M and OJ kind of, you know, like, because throughout the film they somehow are, are like, they're like, they're not cool together at first, but then later on throughout the film they start getting along a little bit. And I think it's because M left um, to go to Hollywood while he, he left his dad and OJ there stuck in the, in the ranch to, to do the, the, family business and whatnot so um you can see that there was some kind of uh some kind of anger between each other and whatnot but obviously they cleared it out and everything and um angel who stuck out throughout the film there was a scene where he actually like the, the damn thing alien can't eat like you know anything besides humans so anything that gets devoured in there like if it's like um I don't know, like plastic or coins and, and stuff like that, they eventually try to spit it back out because it's like if it's hurting its windpipe because it's devouring people. It's devouring animals, all of that stuff. So uh, so we get that scene. Now, what I don't understand is Holst completely sacrifices himself. And I think the reason why, he, there was a scene where he says that that you want to get that perfect shot. And he says that perfect, that perfect, perfect shot does not exist. So I think that's why he did that, to try to get the perfect shot. Eventually, it wasn't really a perfect shot because it just kind of moves around a lot. I don't, I don't know what his angle was there. And he gets eaten. So I was like, what was that? Like, why would he do that? But, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, he did it, so then it was gone. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Um, and yeah, so the movie's basically over. So as I mentioned, guys, like, the movie's okay. I, again, left unanswered questions, like the whole chimp chimpanzee thing. What does that have to do with the alien nowadays? What, what the, nowadays? What does that have to do with the alien in the film? You know, the chimpanzee was, was a story for a juke. Because obviously, once Juke dies, we don't get that chimpanzee story anymore. We we just kind of get that. We find out what happens to the chimpanzee, which is which um, he gets shot. Another scene was the fact that um, Jupe had actually invited the girl who actually survived the the the, the mutilation with uh, from the chimpanzee. The chimpanzee kind of like you know smashed her face ripped her jaw and like all you see is her teeth at all, all all the time so she has this thing covering her face i feel like she got the short end of, uh, of the straw there man like not only does that happen to her with the chimpanzee but then she gets devoured by an alien i was like damn that really fucking sucks and uh yeah she was there to kind of support uh jupe which in my opinion it was kind of weird that you you're willing to unless she doesn't know about it but you're okay with him making a profit of something that bad happened to you? Uh, unless she doesn't know about that, but I was like, fuck, that's that's pretty fucked up, especially on Juke's part. Like, you know that that was a fucked up thing that happened to her, and you're making a profit out of it, and you have her there? 
to see you kind of making a profit out of it, that was kind of a trip right there for me. I, I was like, oh, okay, sure. And, uh, yeah, I, so the chimpanzee story with, and then another thing that I liked about too that I did like is that they kind of referenced the, uh, a little bit of the, uh, uh, reservoir dogs. If you guys remember like reservoir dogs, they have like this, this black cue card. It's like the screen's all black and it shows like Mr. White, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Blue, like kind of basically showing people's backgrounds and stuff like that. He used that here by, uh, explaining, uh, explaining the horses' names, their backgrounds, and whatnot. And, and uh, I actually liked that. I was like, once I kept seeing that they were doing that, I was like, oh, okay. I think that was like, uh, I was like, oh, he's using that uh, that Reservoir Dogs kind of thing with Quentin. So I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. I like that. Um, so for the most part, guys, I, I, the movie has its moments to be scary, like to be horror and scary, but it's more... Uh, how do I say this? It's more like uh, the tension. He he. It's more tension building than anything. Um, but I, I really did like it. I I really did like as far as how how like he set the tension with the with the alien just kind of flying around the uh, around the clouds and having one cloud staying there that whole time. All the other clouds move except for that one. It's because it's hiding right there. And I, I thought that was pretty cool and everything. I was like. And uh, so I, I thought, for the most part, I think it was good. I think it could have been a little bit better. I just wish the story was cleaned up a little bit more. I think it was kind of just everywhere for me. Um, and, and some just, like, it just, at times it didn't make sense. Like, Pulse, what the hell are you doing, bro? Like, are you trying to get that perfect shot? Like, how are you going to be able to get that perfect shot? Because it's like, it's like sucking you up all the way up there like a tornado like going all the way up like how are you gonna plan on getting that perfect shot you just killed yourself for no reason so i, I don't know that's how, at least how, how i looked at it so there were some great scenes of course as i mentioned jordan peele knows how to make a great shot like cinematography wise he, he like he knows how to make like he's he's mastered that i just wish he could master a little bit more as far like into the characters uh, and 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 also the, uh, the the writing. I think if he would have cleaned both of those up, I think he would make a, a great, great fucking like. He would have made this movie even better if he would have cleaned up that up a little bit more because uh, Daniel Daniel Kaluuya as as OJ. I just wish we could have got more emotion, more intensity out of him, uh, more animated out of him. But instead, he's just he was just completely like. Uh, reserved and, and like didn't really show much emotion which kind of threw me off a little bit throughout the film uh, uh but um uh, uh kiki palmer I, I think she was great in this film I, I really liked her character in this one i thought she was like more outspoken more animated more like more emotion and everything so like obviously they were the opposite of each other but um kiki i think did a great a great uh, job with her character there uh and then steven man steven yun as, as uh, ricky jupe uh, you know, uh, I think it's a fucked up move on his part, but I think, you know, I think he played it well as well. So, uh, for the most part, guys, it's a decent film. I think out of the three movies that he's done, I think, uh, this one's probably the weakest one out of the bunch. Uh, I still think, um, get out is his, is his best movie. Us is the second one. And then this one just at the third there. So, um, I think it could have been a little bit better. Uh, but if you guys are a fan of Jordan Peele's uh, movies, 
I think you guys will enjoy this. I think you guys will already know what to expect out of his films and whatnot. And so I'm hoping his fourth film will be a little bit better than this. Hopefully he has, he polishes his writing and, uh, uh, and, and his character development and everything like that. And I think, I think he would make great, great movies. Like I said, he, he kind of had it in get out. He kind of slipped a little bit in us and then he just kind of dropped the ball a little bit on this one right here. But for the most part, I think it's, it, it's an entertaining film. Not the best, uh, but uh, I, it's decent enough. Will I see it again? Yeah, I, I, I can see it again. I don't, I don't mind seeing it again. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be in a rush to see it again, but if it happens to be on TV, I don't mind watching. So, all right, guys, that is my review uh, for uh, the movie Nope. Let's get to my uh, rating. So. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. So I think it is, I think it's a recommendable. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's decent enough. I, I was almost about to put it like at number, like at 6, 6.5, like borderline. But I think it's, I think it was enough because Jordan Peele, what I really like the fact is that Jordan Peele, doesn't want to do like the cliche Hollywood movies, like stuff that you already know what's going to happen before it even happens. He takes risks and he gambles with his movies. And for the most part, they pay off this one. I, I'm just, I, I appreciate the fact that he, he, uh, he took risks with this film. He, he gambles on it. He, he does something out of the ordinary outside of like cliche Hollywood movies. So that's why I think that's, you know, I that's why I kind of get I give it a 7 for this because he at least is, is stepping out of the box, he's, you know, out of that comfort zone and trying something different for movies. And that's why I appreciate the fact that he does that with his with his movies. And um this one of course he did that too. So that's why I think it was an enjoyable film, um entertaining wise and whatnot. So uh but out of the out of the trio, um, Get Out is still is still his best. It's still his best his best film. All right, guys, that is it. Uh, let me know if you guys have seen this movie. Did you like this movie? Do you agree with my review, my rating? Uh, did I miss something? Let me know, guys, in the comments. You can message me as well. As I mentioned, Instagram uh, spoiler underscore reels. That's where you guys can uh, catch me there. And uh, yeah. Uh, that is pretty much it, guys. I'll uh, catch you guys on the next episode.